Hey everybody here, uh, Anthony uh, talking here as we get ready for another really fun series of episodes of the Lakers Lounge. Um, Aaron and I went super long yesterday on a bunch of topics uh, that I, I needed to break up into a few pods. So first, you know, we talk about uh, the, the, the Lakers upcoming markets and stuff like that and Austin Reeves specifically. That actually spills over into the second episode um, where we pick up from there and start talking about Rui Hachimura and D'Angelo Russell. Um, from there, we dive headfirst into a conversation about the way, the dumb way that people are talking about the Denver Nuggets as we get ready for the upcoming finals series and how uh, I continue to believe that the league's TV partners have seriously dropped the ball on marketing the league and marketing teams like the Nuggets. So enjoy all of that. Again, over the three parts, um, I split them up um, at, at, at junctions and segues in the conversation uh, so, that, so that it flows, I think, pretty well. Uh, so enjoy it. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And I will talk to you guys next week. always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome, everybody, here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, uh, as always, joined on this glorious Thursday, which is by this time Friday, which is your favorite day of the week. Uh, always joined by Aaron Larsoul of All Access Lakers, of your hopes and dreams, of just, you know, just generally like good places. How you doing, buddy? Well, I'm sad. Uh, basketball is over um, and it's gloomy here in L.A., uh same yeah thing. it's it's yeah but that's fine in texas and in, in los angeles that's not dude fun. actually yesterday was amazing it was so nice it was like it was like sprinkling and 70 and I, and it was like it was like uh you know raining in a direction that i could keep my windows open and i could i open what? up my back doors and, no, and you could just no. hear the rain and i have a, like no, if it rains sure. enough no well if it rains at all um, I have a creek that runs out like behind my house, so you can like hear the the creek gushing. It was beautiful yesterday. That's, that's an amazing day. Stop it. That's miserable. We don't miserable. Like that. That's miserable. miserable. Rain. Rain is miserable. We don't like that. But that's Texas. Uh, that's okay. I love. That's not okay. I love like the sounds of water. You don't like the sounds of okay, water. Okay, like, no, that's yeah. I mean that's <clears> fair. But I don't. I, don't want to I have a fountain it. like this. This thing up here. That's my fountain. That's right there. Yeah. Alexa, turn on fountain. <laughs> yeah, I do hear that. Yeah, I do hear that. Yeah, it's kind of nice. That's what I do when I write. Alexa, turn off fountain. Yeah, see? It's now it's off. It's off. Now it's off. Now it's off. Yeah. Well, it takes a little uh, while for the yeah, water no, to yeah, stop yeah. running through the pipe. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love I love the sound of water. And like yesterday, we had like we had that we had enough rain that you could like hear it audibly, and and you had that creek running back there, and you have the cold like wet wet wind that like filters through the house. Oh yeah, that's just perfect. 
It's just that's 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 the weather God intended. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. I guess I guess what wasn't on the docket was talking about the weather. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> today, what actually is on the docket? Uh, literally minutes, I would say, before we went live, uh, Shams Karania reported that the league's co- uh, competition committee is considering technical fouls for flopping um, to, to try to rid that plague that has uh, fallen on society. We yeah. are going to talk about, uh, as we are now officially in the Lakers offseason, uh, we got to talk. <laughs> yeah, did you yeah. hear that? Was that, was yeah. that sigh audible? Yeah, we got to talk about sure. uh, the, the impending decisions that the Lakers and uh, the players have on their futures yeah. um, and, and what their markets might look like. Um, and then, you know, as we, as we like to, I want to expand this out to a kind of league-wide conversation. And Chris Mannix, I believe of Sports Illustrated, was on, again, I believe it was the Dan Patrick show or... No, maybe not the Dan Patrick show. The other, the other uh, football guy, um, who ha- Rich Eisen. The other football guy, <laughs> Rich Eisen. Yeah, Rich Eisen. Um, he was on a Rich Eisen show and 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 said that the Nuggets are too boring to produce anything interesting about. So, um, yeah, that's that's a nice like stellar admission of your capabilities at your job. <laughs> but sure. Uh, so, so, uh, we are going to talk about, uh, you know, what, what that stems from and whether it's true and all of that stuff. And, and, and we'll wrap up the show there. And as always, um, we will just kind of wander around, uh, those, those subjects and see what comes up over the course of the conversation. But yeah, I wanted to start with flopping and, um, you know, this, this purge that is on, uh, you know, just reaping joy from the game that we both love. I hate flopping. I it, I cannot stand it. And I actually think flopping is bad for the perception of the league. And, and, and is actually, like, this is actually why I think the league is addressing this. And it's because yeah, I, I actually think, like, fans or fans of other sports, when they think about the NBA... And, and and also soccer, like what turns them off from those sports and makes them not want to watch and affects the potential growth of the league is the perception that it is soft because of the presence of flopping. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that this is going away. You have these giant athletes who were built like Avengers. Um, you, had, you had Nikola Jokic acting as if he was just shot by barely getting nudged by Austin Reeves. Like... I'm sorry that that is that is it is legitimately bad for the image of the league. And I, I'm happy to see that they are doing something to address it. The only concern I have is that they had previously said they were going to address uh, foul grifting and it lasted about a week. Uh, they had previously said that they were going to find players for flopping. No stars were ever fined for flopping. Um I, I really hope that they have follow through on this, but there's reason to be dubious. So where do you land on this? Yeah, the same place as as you just ended. Um, yeah, I was waiting for you to get there, but the, the same place. Like I'll believe it when I see it. Um, we've said for years everybody hates flopping, um, and everybody everybody wants it out of the game etc cetera, etc cetera. um 
uh, two things. One, we've learned that fines aren't ever are not a disincentive for anything. Like the guys make too much. What is it? I think it was like twenty five hundred bucks or something. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. That it would be funny if like after somebody flopped, they just like pulled twenty five hundred dollars out of their sock and yeah, put I think it it's on the twenty five hundred bucks for the first one, maybe, and five grand for like yeah. I like, and I don't think I don't. I don't think know that twenty five hundred dollars. Anybody got a second fine? Like it, it escalated from there. But and I, I certainly know that nobody got like a third fine for the ten grand or whatever yes. it was. I, like so, like money is not the thing that's going to disincentivize people doing, uh, you know, stop people from doing something. That's one thing, unless the fines are so outrageous that you know. So I think what they actually thought was people getting labeled as a flopper, right? Officially, the league has labeled you as a flopper. Um, mm -hmm. I think the like peer pressure and public pressure, maybe they thought that was going to do something, um, but no. And I am also skeptical, as you are, that this they'll have actual follow through with, with this. Because here's the thing, like, fine, like getting tease in a game is that that might do something but that doesn't address the problem and the problem is referees are not noticing flopping right referees are not calling flops as flops they are mm -hmm. not not calling fouls they are not calling things flops they are letting guys get away with flopping offensively and defensively um and so if the the refs are not identifying flopping and not calling flopping currently, who cares if you get a T for flopping because the refs aren't seeing that it's flopping to begin with. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I just, I'm skeptical that this is going to change anything. Um, because if the refs were, if the refs were noticing it and calling it correctly and as it is, that would disincentivize it already. We wouldn't need any other rules guys do it because it works and mm -hmm. because it's useful. I hate it. Right. It's not fun to watch. Um, a bunch of our guys do it. We, we like to say that they don't because yeah. everybody <clears throat> doesn't like it, but like Dennis flops, D'Lo, Austin, LeBron, LeBron like all LeBron these guys is built. Le LeBron is built like a freight train and he'll go down occasionally as if and he another, was and, just and shot with an elephant tranquilizer. Right. And like pick your favorite team and like whatever. I follow the Warriors pretty closely. Jordan Poole flops. Mm -hmm. Steph has Steph, not as much, but Steph has some of those tendencies. Like just pick whoever you like around the league, whatever team. And by the way, whatever player you like, everybody does it. Every some to different degrees, but everybody does it. The Lakers, we have a bunch of guys that do. We have I just listed four that are like not at the top of the list, but they are, they're definitely uh, towards the top of the list. Mm -hmm. Right. So we all, we all want it gone, but like it works and it is a skill and it's like not fun to watch because we don't like free throws, you know, the game stopping in, in a parade to the free throw line, but guys do it because it works. So I am pretty skeptical that this is going to do anything because if the league really wanted it gone, it would be gone already. Yeah, I, although I I do really think there is something to the perception here, right? Um, I, I if you aren't growing, you're getting left behind, and yes. and the league is growing. Uh, don't get me wrong, but 
it is also getting left behind by the relative growth of other sports. Right. And, um, you know, like, like baseball felt it's, it's audience literally dying. Like they're, they're, <laughs> they're like main audience kept on getting older and older and older to the point where like, you know, the average age of an, of a baseball fan was just going to be a headstone. And, <laughs> and like, um, the, the, the league to their credit, said, all right, we have to address the way that the sport is get, is being played, right? We are going to eliminate the shift and bring baseball back. We are going to make uh, base sizes bigger, and we are going to limit the number of times you can throw over there to get teams to start stealing again. Like, yeah. um, like and, they, they, they've, and they've, we're starting a runner at second base in, in, the, in extra innings. Yeah, I, I like that. Off. Like, people, yeah. hate, people hate that, but, like, I, I, I like I that. You don't, you, don't need to, you don't need to have, like, five-hour baseball games when I you play 100,000 of them over the course of a regular it. season. No, I hate it. I, I know. I Like, look, tra- traditionalists, I understand why they, they, they don't like the direction of the league. But guess what? Traditionalists isn't where money is made. Like, you don't, you don't oh, make yes. your money yeah, off fair. of it. Yeah, yeah, you fair. know? Like, yeah, fair. Um, and more on that, by the way, when we talk about the Nuggets and, and like, I, yeah, I think, argue about that. yeah, but, but like, I think, I think, you know, with, with, uh, baseball, they deserve a ton of like the pitch clock and, and stuff. Now, the one concern with the pitch clock is there is, there are some studies that apparently show that some pitchers are actually getting hurt because of the pitch mm. clock that, um, that like throwing as hard as they throw as frequently and as quickly as they're being forced to throw with the pitch clock is, is potentially not good for them. And now look like that. Wait, how is there, how is there a study about that already? Uh, my guess is it's like two it's months the, old. No, my guess it's, it's the players union and they ask somebody, Hey, like, can oh, you yeah. just like, <laughs> can you yeah. just say this thing? Um, but, but like, that sounds about right. Although did you see, I think it's Bryce Harper. I don't follow baseball that closely anymore. Cause I mean, I haven't for a few years and the A's are and then the now the A's, by the way, the A's incredible fumble of the bag. They are going to to Vegas. They are gonna mm-hmm. get a stadium built for them, and the owner isn't kind even of? gonna own, isn't gonna own the stadium again. Which yeah, because they don't put no they they don't want to put no money into yeah, it. Yeah, right. Look, but but yeah. like but you're going to a smaller market and having the same stadium set up like, and you're gonna have fewer fans because you're gonna lose a lot of your Oakland fans by leaving yeah. I Oakland. Mean, everybody will and, go in Vegas because it's gonna be like a thirty thousand seat stadium so everybody will go for the first like two years because it's a new stadium two or three years and then we'll see then there could be trouble but again like it's the same it's the same situation that they are running into in Oakland. starting a runner on second base in extra innings is stupid and i don't like I it i like it i love you're it. wrong i love it i love it i don't need i don't need a 15 in a game in a game man they play 162 games i need as many as long as it goes it goes that's the beauty of baseball no no, I get. How old are you, Aaron? Forty-five. <laughs> exactly. And about to die, so, so I should be considered a baseball fan. Chronologically, forty-five. In terms of usage, I'm like ninety. So this is perfect. He's like Anthony Davis, right? He's thirty years old, but he moves like he's forty. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, I I think, uh, um, to get back to the flopping thing, uh, the the league. Yes. I think I would I would hope is looking around and saying, where did the physicality go in our sport? Where, what happened? Well, some of you that know? rule changes also, right? Some of it, yeah. And and look, like I think if you're gonna start if you're gonna start finding flopping and stuff like that, you also I think if you if you add the flopping thing, and then you also bring back hand checking, 
I think that the league would be in a good place. Like I, I wrote about this when, it, uh, as it pertained to the charge too, right back when that was uh, a, a conversation we were having, just allow hand checking, allow these guys to play defense. I, I promise the, 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 the offensive players are skilled enough that they can overcome defense. Like <laughs> I think, I think it can every happen. League, every sport has to find a balance though, because, and we'll talk about mm-hmm. like you, the nuggets being boring, but every sport wants offense right because mm-hmm. people want to see offense yeah whether it's like and it's hard it's hard to find the balance because right what we want to see is these great offensive performances but still feel like the defense has a chance right like the offense is so good that when somebody scores 71 like uh like like spider did earlier um this season who else oh dame did too right we wanted to feel like it means something right when these Mm -hmm. guys are so good offensively so it's it's difficult to strike that balance but i understand from the league's perspective because people in in all sports right why do americans think soccer is boring because it's you know they're two one is a is a scoring explosion two and a two one might be an an explosion of offense (laughs) Um, yeah we also don't understand the game generally but that's why we think it's boring. Now, like in hockey, right? At least hockey compared to soccer, it's faster paced and there's a bunch of you, scoring chances, hitting. even though even though the scores are lower than than other sports generally. At least there's a hitting. there's a bunch of chances. There's also fighting and there's checking like and the yeah, I, I look, we and I don't think it's even necessarily an American thing. It might be more American. No, it clearly is an American thing because soccer is the most popular sport basically everywhere else and they don't score. Well, no, but I mean, I mean the physicality of it. Like we love physicality. We love blood sport. We love the idea that on, 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 in, in any football game, we can tune it on. And like, we like to, we like to claim that, you know, we we don't, we don't actually want to see this or whatever, but yeah, part of the draw is you might at any point see somebody get, concussed because you have somebody going over the middle and some safety is going to come in and lay the boom on him. Like, yeah, we like is... the violence. I don't think we like people actually. Oh no. Like they don't, you, but you like the moment it, it happens yeah. and then you don't like the, the repercussions of the violence. Like, and by the way, like I don't look, I don't know how much longer football is going to last. I love football. I don't know how much longer it's going to last, but it's not going anywhere. There's I no don't like, I, I'm I'm irritated that they've taken out like the targeting and all like I want to see people get crushed. I want to see people get laid out. I don't like the targeting. They're not allowed to tackle. You're not allowed to hit anybody anymore. Hit somebody in the head. Go for it. They used to it's dangerous. The ESPN, You're right. It's football. It was. It, it used to be. Um, ESPN, you know, now covers the sport in a very different way. But only like five years ago, maybe a little more than that. Maybe only like five to ten years ago. You had an entire segment every Monday night yeah. of jacked up, right? Like it was, it used to be, it used right? They, they would go, they would go to each, each member of the panel would literally go like, you know, you had Berman, uh, they would start the segment off. He'd be like, and now it's time for jacked up. And then Steve Berman would be like, and here's this poor wide receiver. He goes across and he goes, well, oh, boom. He got, and then they would all repeat it, jacked up, and then like it, it became, um, come on, man, right? Because it's 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 like they did. Yeah. Now and, they just kind of laugh. And you it. got mossed. I think is the other one now. Yeah, and 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 yeah, but like it, but now, but it used to be like everybody would, it would be like 
five or seven different instances where somebody looks just like they got splattered across a windshield. Love it. And 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 everybody on the panel would be like, he got jacked up, love, you know. Love, and love. And by the way, if they brought it back right now, it'd be their most popular segment. Yeah. They, they can't. I still go they, on YouTube and look at like the, the best hits. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, and the reason I mentioned all of that is you look at hockey, right? At any moment, uh, an actual fight can break out and you have these guys getting checked into the boards and you can hear that on TV. You, everybody, everybody listening to this right now, you can hear in the back of your head, the sound that, that a check sounds like on, on a, in a hockey game. If you've ever watched hockey, um, you know, part of why baseball is is bringing defense back and trying to bring defense back is because that's the closest that you're going to get to con collisions in that sport. Like that's the closest that you're going to get to anything looking athletic is the stuff that happens on the defensive side of the ball. And in basketball, like Dame takes one step on the other side of a screen, leans back and he gets three free points for it. What? Hold on. And these guys are built yeah. so much more imposingly than the other sports. You have Joel Embiid in is you know, seven feet tall, 355 pounds, whatever he is. And, and, you know, at any moment he can truck somebody, but if somebody like touches his elbow, he, he he's going to die. We might lose Joel Embiid on this play. He, <laughs> and, and, and I really think that that is bad for the perception of the league. And, and the, the one thing I don't think you can be labeled in 2023, as we have just kind of started to lean in, to yeah we like we like physicality we like violence the one thing you can't be labeled in america in 2023 is soft and i think um the flopping lends itself to is probably the key aspect of people who aren't nba fans considering the league soft so i think that I, I think this like a rule implementation is kind of ridiculous because I think the only thing the NBA actually has to do is call like some of this is like, you know, traveling and carrying and all of that kind of stuff. Like if, if the, if the referees just called the rules actually as they are, as they are written, yeah, that eliminates a lot of these problems. Mm -hmm. um, they just don't. And there's a reason for it. And the reason for it is because the league wants more points on the board mm -hmm. um like if, if like if, there are think, flopping rules would, in place they just don't get called do you think it would do you think it would survive the trade-off of a little less offense for the sake of more physicality uh no actually i mean it, like is the league gonna die no but do I think the league is better off with more physicality? No, not really, because I think we want points. I think we want offense. And, you know, like all of those, you know, like the 90s, the, the Heat and Knicks playoffs in the 90s where you it know, like it's like 78, 81. 76. <laughs> like, that's not good basketball. Like, that's not that funny. I don't, nobody wants to watch that. Yeah, but that's the, that's just one end of the spectrum, though. The like issue, that, though, nobody's is, saying they want that. Well, the reason why I'm saying no is because not that it won't survive. Of course, it'll survive. But I don't necessarily think it's. Is it better for the game? Like, is it better basketball if there's more physicality? Maybe, but I don't know that that makes it more popular because basketball is never going to have the violence of football and hockey, right? The violence that we, the blood sport that we love, that's just not going to be basketball ever. 
So um, people used to say that like basketball, is not, I got hurt a bunch playing basketball. I got hurt more playing basketball than football. And people used to say that it's not like, oh, football is a contact sport and basketball is not a contact sport, right? And it makes it seem like basketball is kind of soft. Basketball is a contact sport. Football is a collision sport. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that basketball will ever get to the level that will love it because of the blood sport nature that, you know, Americans seem to, to love so much. So I think a little more physicality would be fine. But again, if they just, if the, if the league mandated that the officials called it the way that it is written, then you don't flopping loses its advantage, right? Because if you're flopping and you get called for a foul, like let's defensively, you get called for a foul, you know, somebody, on a screen or something you're chasing around a screen and like maybe somebody kind of stands still or maybe leans a yeah. little bit, but it's not, and you just like fly into the bleachers mm-hmm. and you, to draw a, an offensive foul call, like that gets rewarded. If that doesn't get rewarded, you're out of the play and mm-hmm. your defense is at a huge disadvantage. So if you just, yeah, we saw it, it was funny. <clears throat> Dennis was getting that call in the golden state series Yes. And then he stopped getting that call in the Denver series. Yeah. And it and it legitimately changed the way that he could defend or the impact he was having on defense. He got one, I think it was against I think I think I think it was Kevon Looney. <laughs> he got one and like basically basically like flew to the other side of the court. Yeah. And if that doesn't get called, like, uh, was it a foul or not? He's on the other side of the court. <laughs> yeah, well, was it was it a foul or not? I don't like whatever. But yeah. if if he if you don't get rewarded for that, he stops doing that. Yeah. And if he doesn't get that call, he it's now it's now five on four. Um. And so I think I think the real thing to do here is just call like call the game accurately, and then flopping isn't you get no benefit from it. You actually are at a disadvantage. Your team is at a disadvantage for flopping. Flopping like I think uh was it. Oh yeah, I mean, it was this was a thing in the Warriors Lakers series where Darvin was like, "We don't teach flopping." Like, of course not. Like, yeah. no coach is like te- teaching flopping, but there are certain players that do it more than others because it works. So it, you are going to be. I'm not saying like the Lakers certainly aren't teaching Dennis to flop, but if Dennis is flopping and it costs the team, right, it takes him out of plays then he damn sure is going to get told stop doing it by teammates, by the Lakers, by whatever team he's on. It doesn't matter. Or whoever, not Dennis specifically. Or if James Harden, you know, tries to throw up some nonsense, trying to foul Grift and throws up a bunch of threes from, you know, wherever that are nowhere near the rim because he's trying to draw a foul that he's not getting. People are going to look at his teammates and and coaching staff and organization is going to look at him crooked. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I think if I think this is one of those things that if the game is just called as it should be, it's kind of self-policing. Yeah, I think that's that's probably where it should be heading. Um, but the fact that the league has to say, "Hey, we are looking at this," I think is is kind of the problem in and of itself, right? That Absolutely. it got to a point that the league is saying, "Like, hey, we actually got to address this." Um, that <clears throat> that to me is the story. Um, let's move on to uh, the Lakers markets. Uh, they okay. have roughly 67 impending free agents, it feels like. Um, <laughs> I think it's 68, but yeah, you said roughly. <laughs> but, uh, the Lakers currently head into next season with four people under guaranteed contract, right? LeBron, AD, Max, Christie, and um, Vando. Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah. Everybody else 
either has a non-guarantee, a player option, uh, or is just outright a uh, a free agent to be. I spent yesterday's episode talking about Austin's market because I think he is the person that most fans are most interested in, in bringing back. Um, he, based on what I'm hearing, is the Lakers' top priority in bringing back. Austin, um, we'll be back <clears throat> next topic. Well... I do want to ask this because okay. this is where this is where restricted free agency um, actually hurts the player, right? And like, I, we need Can, to get yeah. rid of we we need to call it just restricted agency. We can't call it free agency because it's not free. Like you can't. <laughs> it's restricted agency. So I'm going to take us down a path here, but this was always. I'm not a particularly religious. I'm not religious at all. That's I was going to yeah. say not particularly religious. But oh god, we're talking about religion. Like no, the, I just no. I'm you want to you want to hit on politics next? Yeah, like yeah, can we? Yeah, <laughs> you want to come over for Thanksgiving and we can argue, we can fight at the table. You have a drunk uncle I can talk to here. I am the drunk uncle. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> As it was leaving my mouth, I was like, "Shit, I am talking to the drunk uncle." So I always want you know, like, so <clears throat> one of the things that non-Christians ask Christians, why you know, why do terrible things happen, right? And that doesn't seem like a godly thing to do. Uh, and so the the response is often because we have free will, right? People have free will. You do what you mm -hmm. want. And, but then, I, but my thought was always like, well, if God like gives it to us or can take it from us, is it really free? Like, is that actual <laughs> free? Is that like really free will? Yeah. If it's somebody has to bestow it upon you or allow it, it's not really free. So yes, I, I yeah, restricted free agency. It does not really feel free like free agency, does it? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is not. It is restricted agency. You have agency to go out there and try to get your best deal, yeah. but at the end of the day, it is somebody else's. Uh, it is somebody else's decision, and you know uh, that is kind of what Austin is running into. In that, uh, the Lakers are making it known um, publicly and, and privately in, in leaks and however you want to say it that Austin is going to be back. And you know, on their end, it's smart, right? Because that signals to everybody else, you, you may as well not even make an offer here. We're matching it, right? All you're doing is tying up your money for three days in the middle of free uh, no, it's, it's, it's now it's now it's just one day, but yes. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, good point. Um, <clears throat> but same thing, you won 24 hours of, by the way, a potentially sizable contract uh, tie, getting tied up in the middle of free agency is uh, difficult for an organization to kind of work around. So the Lakers are making it known. We're all, we're matching anything, um, and and uh, teams are now um, being kind of scared off of the scent of, of Austin. They're they're kind of um, more lukewarm on making that kind of an offer to Austin, which means that he could is likely going to be in LA on a four year, 55 million deal, right? That's the, that's the max that the Lakers can offer. So, yeah. Um, um so, so, but I, I just wanted to like, the question I have is, um, if it actually makes some sense here to Austin to sign a shorter term deal and reach unrestricted free agency, actual free agency quicker. Um, all right. A couple of things. So Kay. one, the difference so you're right. Generally, you're right. Um, that if it gets out, you know, you try to say we're going to match whatever. And maybe that whether that's true or not, that helps to diminish a player's market otherwise. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the difference, though, in this case is that as it relates to like, let's take DeAndre Ayton, right, who signed a restricted offer sheet with um, yeah, with Indiana and the Suns, like by the time the ink had dried on the signature, the Suns had already matched it. Yeah. Um, the difference in this case versus that case is the Suns could offer DeAndre Ayton the most money and didn't. Mm-hmm. And they had not come to an agreement, and so he found something elsewhere. Austin can get more money. Also, like the Suns kind of sort of used his re- restricted free agency as a means to sign him at a discount. Like they they didn't want to give him a five year max, correct? And they they were able correct. to give him a four year less than max, correct? Yeah. And they already want to trade him. Yeah, <laughs> we're correct. Out well. But in this case, um, Austin can get more money signing somewhere else, signing an offer sheet somewhere else. So. Yeah. It, it's a little bit different in this case. So your question was, does it make sense for Austin to sign for less and, you know, in, in a shorter deal and then become an unrestricted free agent later? Um, does that make sense? The, conceptually, yes, but not happening. And here, because he's only been in the league two years and he's become, he is at least an average starter or maybe an above average NBA starter. Yeah, um, that's what I called point. him on the show yesterday. But those guys, uh, and what do those guys make? My guess is, like, what is Austin's value? My guess is somewhere 17 to 20, maybe, somewhere in there. That's what those kind of guys, you know, like like starter, above average starter level guys, that's what they make. Um, and Austin is is that good. But he hasn't made any money yet. And mm-hmm. so I, I, and I look, look, I'm, I'm not speaking out of turn here. I'm, I know his agent. I'm friends with his agent. Um, I like his agent a lot. Well, his agents. Um, and we talk frequently. I don't like, I mean, really, what do you like? <laughs> what would be the best thing for the Lakers? And maybe the best thing for Austin's pockets come back and come back on a one-year deal to the Lakers and then the Lakers will have full full bird rights and then you can do whatever. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make, I don't, Austin's been in the league two years and hasn't made any money yet. So I just, I don't think it's worth risking, you know, signing a short-term deal anywhere um, Mm -hmm. because like the money that Austin is going to make, even if it's not, like he can, I, the max the Lakers can offer him is 56 or something like that. Four years, 56 million, something like that. The max he can get elsewhere is 90 something close to, close to a hundred over four years. Yeah. Wherever, wherever it lands in that range um, between the 55, he can get from the Lakers or the hundred, let's call it that he can get from somewhere, wherever it lands in that range in between those numbers over four years, if this is if if he had made you know a hundred million dollars over his career, then I would say absolutely right. Just mm-hmm. like take a short deal, bet on yourself again because that's what he's been doing, and then go to unrestricted free agency and go get your bag. That's too much money, and it's too much life changing money to to risk it. Like what you know, God forbid, what happens? He signs a one year deal. The most the Lakers can offer one year is 11, I think is what it is. Mm-hmm. So he signs a one year, $11 million deal with the Lakers. And 
something god forbid something catastrophic. you get the kendrick nun injury right you like right. just something yeah no no no, not even like what yes yeah, sure or something that like mm -hmm. alters his career right yeah like not, that altered kendrick nun's year right he didn't play at all but what if it's something that like alters his career like a career altering injury god isaiah forbid. thomas kind of thing yeah yeah or whatever the yeah. achilles or something like, god by the way it doesn't happen but right so no i don't I, no i I, I I I get the sentiment, and it's not like it's not silly, but you you got to that first contract, the first real contract, you got to go make sure you you do that. That's why, like, if you look at um, all the like uh, Porzingis, this happened with Porzingis with Zion. You know, there were like questions about you know they hate their situation. Are they willing to play on their qualifying offer so they can be unrestricted free agents in that last year of their their rookie deal? You just play out the quali on the qualifying offer mm -hmm. and you know not sign the, it the never extension. Happens. It is never because that first contract, like after that first contract, that first real contract, then you can mm -hmm. go do something. But no, you got to get that first contract. So Austin is twenty four years old. If he plays on a four year fifty five million dollar contract, he will be in like smack dab in the middle of his prime when he becomes an unrestricted free agent. And like you said, I would imagine he will spend most of those next four years as the starting point guard or guard or whatever for the Lakers or likely wherever he goes. Um, and, and then from there could really cash yeah, he's out gonna be a so. wherever he goes, he's going to be a starter. Yeah, he's, Austin, he's, Austin he's a starting good. caliber guard for sure. Austin is just that he's plainly that good. Yeah. Um, and, and, and by the way, I think going to get better, like this is what Rob Polinka mentioned in his press conference, right? Is that like, he specifically spoke to whatever contract it is that Austin gets this year, he's going to be the exact same guy. He's still going to put in the work and he's still going to, you know, look to improve. Um, and that's why the that Lakers whole, I are that wholeheartedly. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, like, yeah, from everything I have heard, um, inside and out of the Lakers, they, everybody says, yeah, this is the kind of guy that you feel very comfortable gambling on. And, um, and committing I don't even to. think it's a game. I mean, look, there's some risk involved in any contract, but mm -hmm. I like, I wouldn't even term it a, a, a gamble. Austin. Yeah. Austin is going to be a Laker. <laughs> you can, you can quote, mm -hmm. you can quote me on that. Austin will be back. Yeah. Um, and Austin, I have no qualms about, like Austin getting his first real contract and kind of taking a step back or relaxing or no, none of that. And here's the other thing. I don't think we've seen. All right. So Austin is not, Austin is just plainly not an athlete. He just isn't right. Mm -hmm. um, and so in some respects, those guys are limited. Right. And so, you know, like there is a, only a certain place you can get to in, skill and will like that can only get you so far mm -hmm. um and those guys tend to max out quicker than the guys with ath athletic advantages and so in some ways you could say like austin's getting the most he can get you know because he's a skill and will guy right mm -hmm. but i don't think that's the case with austin and the reason is because he is not like physically developed yet he needs another he's not strong enough yet um and he has not built up enough yet where that he's, he's not even like, this is going to sound strange, but he's not like NBA ready yet. 
And so I mean, he he, he gets said tired, right? And he gets bumped off. But so Austin, I've said this before, like before the contract, even like before he was starting, Austin needs one more year. He needs Austin needs one more offseason to build up his body, to be able to play, you know, the 35 minutes a game he's going to play next year and to just not have an NBA body, frankly. So he's yeah. not. So the the athletic he disadvantages flexed in the that game, he has, and my father in law was like, nothing happened to his arms. Right, <laughs> right. So he's like, Austin I'm needs, him. Austin hey, are you flexing, one. Austin? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I remember that story. Austin needs one more off season, and so uh, I I I don't know. I I, I put out a tweet uh, that I made to like. There's this thing on Twitter you can like remind yourself, right? So. I sent out a tweet at the end of the season that I think Austin is going to, I don't remember the exact numbers, but I think it was like 17 and a half, five and a half and four and a half, something like that. Um, I think Austin's going to average that next year, wherever he, wherever he is, mm-hmm. <laughs> wink, wink, wherever he is. I think Austin uh, will average that next year. And those guys are just, he's just plain good. And one of the reasons the Lakers lost was because the Lakers didn't have enough guys that you could trust offensively and defensively. The best teams in the league, you don't have to make concessions in the playoffs, right? Yeah. The guys that you want on the floor offensively can hang defensively. The guys you want on the yep. floor defensively can hang offensively. There can be small trade-offs, to, but there's there's generally you, you speaking, there's nobody both, who right? like hurts either side of, the, Correct. of your ball. And mm-hmm. the Lakers didn't have enough of those guys. Yeah. And Austin's one of them. Um, One last thing as it pertains to Austin, and I guess generally speaking here, but especially Austin, um, I I would say the same thing as it pertains to Rui, especially. But um, this is where Rob Polinka being a former agent really helps because he's going to he is also going to help talk them through, hey, this is what makes the most sense for you. I have been in your agent shoes. I have maximized the earnings of countless other NBA players. Um, this is the pathway that I would set my client on and, and, um, you know, the, the, the really nice thing here from the relationship standpoint between Austin and the Lakers is that the Lakers happily, like the first day that they can offer it, I'm willing to report this. The first day that they, they can offer this contract, the four year, you know, $55, $56 million contract that they can offer, that is going to be on Austin's desk immediately and or in his email box, whatever it it is. It already is. Um, And well, let's not get them in trouble. (laughs) You're allowed to talk to your own guys. What do you mean? I don't think you're allowed to to put a contract on there. You're allowed to talk to your own guys. All right, fine. But, But all right. So regardless, though, he already knows, right? He already knows um, one way or another that he has that contract sitting there waiting for him whenever Correct. he wants to sign it. Correct. Um, and his agents already know, like the, the, their entire camp already knows that that is going to be. And by the way, the Lakers, I would imagine, have told him, if we could, we would pay you more. But our hands are literally tied here. Well, and our hands are not literally tied, but it is literally the most. Mine, mine are spend. like you're, oh, you don't, right, you don't. Yeah. yeah um, I, I, I don't know what you do at your house. You got, you got some stuff going on there. I, I only, I only, you know, feel exhilarated if I'm tied up in one way or another. But <laughs> <laughs> Exhilarated. Okay. Yeah. That's the word for it. Um, but, um, but no, I, I, all, that, all that you said is correct. Yeah. And, and by the way, one way, one way that they can um, legally, how about that? Legally tied. 
um, yeah. you know, yeah. logistically tied. 